The Lawyer Talk Q&A series here again. Steve Palmer with Lawyer Talk Q&A. What is Q&A? Well, that's question and answer. How do you get your question answered? you got to go to lawyertalkpodcast.com, submit your question, and I will answer it. You could also listen on Wednesdays over at 99.7 The Blitz. I answer those questions, too. But uh, this is a very unique personal experience where I'm breaking down questions in bite-sized chunks, trying to make it, trying to make the complicated simple. And as I say, almost everything can be made simple. And today we are going to simplify a question from Morningstar. Morningstar went to LawyerTalkPodcast.com. She submitted a question, um, or maybe it's not a she, I don't know. Uh, Morningstar. Anyway, Morningstar has a question. In the movies, it seems you can get away with anything if you have a contract allowing you to do it. If we both agree to sign a contract that allowed me to shoot you in the foot and I gave you $1 million in return, would that be legal? Now, let's say you feel that you are a woman trapped in a man's body, and as a legal general surgeon, you pay me to remove functional parts of your body because you feel you no longer need them, and we make a contract to do just that. Is that legal? What if we made a contract for your life for a billion dollars given to your family? Would that be legal? Then let's twist it slightly and say you're dying from cancer and you beg me to euthanize you and we put it into contract. Would that be legal? Well, you know, there's a lot of examples here, and I'm going to try to break this down as quickly and uh, efficiently as I can. Uh, generally speaking, uh, it's not just the movies where we have contracts to uh, do harm to each other. I mean, just think of a football game. Think of a boxing match, uh, UFC. I mean, we, we fight each other by contract all the time, and really what we're talking about is consent. Um, we are consenting in those scenarios to, uh, to assault each other or to an assault. So, you know, generally speaking, though, you're, you're not consenting necessarily to serious bodily harm. Um, you're consenting only to harm that's reasonably foreseeable, um, and, and the risk is reasonably accepted. In other words, you're, you're consenting to a reasonable risk, and the individual uh, consenting generally is receiving a benefit for the consent. So, say, take a football game. Uh, obviously, it's a risk, and everybody assumes the risk that you could break your neck and that's serious physical harm. It doesn't mean that you're that uh, that exceeded the scope of your consent to the uh, to play the game or against the other team or the person that hit you. Now, take for example, though, uh, a situation where somebody took a dirty shot on you. This is the classic Jim McMahon, uh, where he's thrown down, uh, separated shoulder, had some serious injuries as a result of it. Uh, you've seen other scenarios where recently a player took his helmet off and started swinging, and, and you could cause some harm that way. Uh, you don't consent to that, and that exceeds the scope of consent, and uh, therefore uh, you don't get to claim there was a, quote, contract or some defense to doing it. Uh, that, that would go too far. In uh, a boxing match, for instance, if you – uh, if you were uh, taken or sent, shipping blows out after the bell or sucker punches or maybe somebody's down and you jumped on them and, and went too far after the ref was trying to stop it, that would exceed the scope of consent and uh, you wouldn't be able to uh, and you wouldn't get away with that. Now let's go on. If we both agree to sign a contract that allowed me to shoot you in the foot and I gave you $1 million in return, would that be legal? Uh, I, I don't think you can consent to that kind of uh, serious physical harm and, and, you know, generally what you're going to run into, these are sort of these ethical slash legal slash policy questions. And, you know, if you look at uh, an assault charge where uh, I, I guess this, this is one that would probably be against public policy, so courts would not enforce that, uh, I do not believe. Um, but then, you know, you ask the next good question, what if I pay a surgeon to do it? What if I pay a surgeon to cut off my foot because, say, I have some uh, mental uh, illness that says I don't want my foot um, well, you know, that gets a little bit dicier, but then you run into these other things where you can run into the regulatory scheme um, by the American Medical Association or whatever governs their body of law or body of practice. 
And uh, my guess is that's where the courts would default on this, is that uh, uh, this exceeded reasonable and necessary medical care. So you wouldn't be uh, you wouldn't find a defense there of consent or contract allowing you to cut off somebody's foot unless it were medically necessary for some reason or another. Um, and, and then, you know, if you be, the question you asked specifically is about this gender surgery. Um, so here's where here's the other side of that, where agree with it or not, you know, the, the medical profession has issued uh, regulatory suggestions or governing uh, regulations that say that this is acceptable medical care. Not only that, it's preferred. I saw it came out of the White House just the other day that you know kids should have uh, access to uh, gender transition transition uh, surgeries and or um, medications because that's what uh, the government says. I, d- I don't agree with any of this, by the way. I think this is insanity. But um, y- you know, this is uh, this is where you get into that area where a surgeon is going to have a little bit of protection there for doing it. Um, you could think, uh, just think abortion, you know, there's going to be about half or however many people will think you're killing babies by committing, an, by uh, performing an abortion. Uh, those who perform abortion says, no, it's a fetus. We just define it as a fetus. And if you flip the law and you look at, uh, uh, if I assault a pregnant woman and I kill the quote fetus, well, then that, that could be murder. So you, you find these inconsistencies in the weeds when you dig into it. And I don't profess to have all the answers here. I'm just pointing out all the problems in that easy. Um, anyway, if I, if we made a contract for my life for a billion dollars given to your family, would that be legal? Well, it happens every day, right? We have uh, life insurance, and in fact, people probably do have billion-dollar life insurance policies, uh, and uh, it uh, they pay out upon death. Now, I don't think that's what you mean, um, but if uh, if I agree, I can't agree or consent to murder. Uh, again, that's that public policy consideration. The law is just not going to allow it. You can't consent to murder. Uh, in fact, um, in most places, suicide is also a crime. Now, you're not getting prosecuted if you kill yourself successfully, but uh, in theory, I guess you could be if you fail. Uh, and that brings us to the final por- portion of this, your last twist, which I like. Um, say you're dying from cancer and you beg me to euthanize you and we put it into contract. Would that be legal? Well, this is happening. There's been a couple cases around um, where this is going on. In fact, here in Columbus, Ohio, Dr. Hussle, uh, is accused of killing people um, who maybe uh, were not, or who maybe were terminal, maybe not. Or you hear this all the time: this is the Kevorkian defense. Can you put somebody out of their misery uh, by juicing up the meds? Uh, and you know, there's this dual. I've heard of this uh, dual purpose doctrine where there may be a medical purpose for the extra pain meds just to keep you out of pain, but everybody also knows that as soon as you cross a certain a certain threshold, it's going to do the job uh, quickly and safely, and maybe even. Um, I don't know, humanely. Uh, would it be legal? Uh, no. Generally, it depends on the state law, but generally in Ohio, no, you can't, uh, doctors can't euthanize their patients. And, you know, I heard an argument the other day. I, I, I typically would, I remember the Kevorkian uh, arguments back in the 90s or 80s, whenever that was. And uh, I, I generally would side on, I, I guess we should be able to, uh, have euthanasia. But then I heard an argument the other day that was actually pretty uh, persuasive where it, it's very difficult to draw the line. It's very difficult to determine when that's appropriate. And once you start down that slippery slope, it just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. So, you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I got to give it some more thought and sort it out in my own head where I, where I land on it. But, you know, generally, I think it's one of those things that happens. I think that the Uh, You hear people in hospice care and I immediately think, well, they're probably getting lots and lots and lots of pain meds and they'll just put the person to sleep and, you know, maybe everybody's okay with that. Uh, Nobody's asking any questions. So it's sort of like a don't ask, don't tell, I think, in reality. I can't prove that, but that's my hunch. 
Um, but what about you get the Kevorkian and you just, uh, it's not just a don't ask, don't tell. It's I'm telling everybody that I am doing this. I am putting humans out of their misery. They're going to die anyway. They've consented to it. There's a contract and I'm going to do it. Right now, most states would say you cannot do that. I'm not aware of anything in the American Medical Association recommending uh, standards of practice on this right now, but my guess is it's uh, it's a negatory. Uh, and then I, I think this is also something that's going to unfold. I think this has a lot of um, this is going to have a lot of interest for the religious folks who would say no, that's God's job, not mine. Uh, and then you're going to have the more practical, quote, progressive folks who say no, we, we're humans, we should take advantage of this and be able to do it ourselves. I'll let you uh, figure out. Uh, Morningstar, where you fit on the moral spectrum there. I know where I fit, and it really doesn't make any difference, I suppose. But uh, anyway, that is, uh, I hope I've answered your questions. Let's sort of sum it up. You can't consent to murder. People consent to people consent to assaults all the time in the, in the context of, like, uh, sports. Uh, when it goes too far and somebody exceeds the scope of your consent, the contract dies and you can be prosecuted. Uh, and generally, you're not going to be able to consent to serious bodily harm uh, just like shooting somebody's foot off. But anyway, I hope that's answered your question uh, or questions. Uh, if you have more, please follow up at LawyerTalkPodcast.com. For those who uh, are interested in this segment, guess what? You can participate too. You just go to LawyerTalkPodcast.com, shoot me a question. I'll do my best to answer it. I don't answer all the questions. I try to get to most of them. Um, if there are more uh, maybe specific questions about a, a specific legal problem you have, I probably won't do that here, but uh, I might summarize it and make it a broader topic. You can always reach me upstairs at the law firm, 614-224-6142. I practice law all through the state of Ohio and even out of state. We do some consulting. Uh, and you can check that out at ohiolegaldefense.com or criminalconsultants.com uh, or criminaldefenseconsultants.com. Uh, check it out. Now, if you want your own podcast, uh, guess what? It's easy. Go to channel511.com and uh, shoot us a note. We'll uh, we'll get you set up with Brett over at Circle 270 Media. So with that, I will wrap it up. This is Lawyer Talk podcast Q&A off the record on the air, at least until now.